you're listening to the most important podcast with Sunil Singhvi. I'm fascinated by people. I want to know what makes them tick. I want to know what they care about. So I came up with this idea to create a podcast where we ask people what's the most important things in their world. So we go through a whole series of questions. What's your most important possession? What's your most important memory? What's your most important piece of advice you've ever received? And of course, what's your most important mistake you've ever made? Every week you're going to hear from someone. Some weeks you'll recognize the name and other weeks it will be someone brand new into your world. Today's episode features the artist Ruben Dangle. Ruben as you'll hear in the episode, talks interestingly about the word artist and the word creative. But to me, he is that truest form of an artist. And I think he's a fascinating voice in today's world. I think his ability to conquer an idea, his ability to find the truth in something that's happening in real time and convert that to an Instagram post is truly unique. I can't think of many people that can do it in the same way that he does it. But sit back, have a listen, Ruben Dangor on this week's most important podcast. Hello. <laughs> if you had to present yourself at a dinner party or something similar and say, I'm Ruben, I am dot, 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 what would the dot, dot, dot be? Uh, a dairy aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> Bang into I mean, the, in the, this dinner party. Is there any cheese? Because that's what I'm about. Just cheese or milk? Like, like milk's good, but milk. I mean, it's just the variety isn't there. It's full fat or nothing. With cheese, there's come full on. Fat or let's be real. What? Wait, what are we? How old, <laughs> bro? You can't live that life anymore. You're not twelve. No, wait, no. Why are you drinking? Full what are you fat drinking? Milk? You drink semi skim milk. I'm Don't drink skim. Skimmed is skimmed is what is it? It's like that's it's just water, water with. Yeah, that's that's not right. But full fat milk is like. Only for eight-year-olds. I mean, maybe that says a lot. <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is this is starting <laughs> off. So apart from uh, Derek no, 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 Fischnado, no, no. Um, um, I one word that I have heard used about you is that you are a creative. Mm, How does that word sit with you? Not particularly well. I find is it's it? a bit. I, f- yeah, I find like it's not something that people can say about themselves. I feel like it's a lovely thing to be called by other people. Yeah. For me, it's kind of like, hey, I'm pretty good looking <laughs> or, or not that do you know what I mean it's yeah. I find it a I don't think I'd ever describe myself to someone uh, as creative I, I enjoy doing creative things I, I guess I you know I'm, I, I work on creative projects but I, f- I just find it as an adjective to to describe myself it's even art like you know when people say oh, he's an artist or I've only really very recently been able to sort of say, ah, oh, yeah, I do art. Some, do you, I don't know. It's so just you would n- use that phrase. I, oh, what do you do? I, I do art rather than I do an art. artist. Yeah, I mean, that sounds grammatically <laughs> mad. Um, no, I, I, I don't know what I'd say. I don't know. I, that's really tricky. It's been a while since I've been invited to any. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You probably don't have time anymore to like go no. out and socialise between yeah. know, sort of daytime pressures and then on top of that. Right. You're an interesting place because I, I, you know, I'm a I'm a long-term follower of your Instagram, mm. and one of the things that I think most often is, how have you found time to turn that round? Yeah, and I'm fascinated by that. Like I think especially with your, like some of the world cultural moments, I get it. Mm. Like I get that we build up to Attenborough, I yeah, get yeah. that we build up to like climate change pieces, but. Oli Gunnig Solskjaer with the wheels falling off the car. Like, I don't know whether you get to the end of a West Ham game and go, 
I've got it. I'm going now. Or it's like all of it is being worked on and built on. And yeah, I, do you know what? It, there's like a lot of it's yeah, like you said, it's it is reactionary to yeah. to stuff that's happened in the moment. I think it's just the the way that my my brain works is um, I've always been very visual. So when someone says like, "Oh, Oli's at the wheel" or whatever, for me the funniest thing is to have him at the wheel but his car's sitting on bricks because it's just a fu- like it's a punchline and I think that that sort of um, that, that weirdly those things just pop into my head they're almost like fully formed when and I'm just like oh I need to get it out now it's like it's already there I don't, there's no real developmental stuff it's like I'm like ah uh, West Ham just trashed Man United it's time for like I, that's already just sitting like that image is like I had to like leave I left I can't remember what England like there was an England game where we, we we'd lot it was the one where we got knocked out actually I left watching it just that bit early because I knew what I was gonna like it was over so clearly it was the last like three minutes or whatever for, yeah. and I was like I'm gonna beat the crowd I need to go home yeah. I need to I need to draw like I need to and that was the Lions getting on the plane that was the Lions getting on the plane because it was like it was it's weird it's kind of I bet you in every creative discipline there's it's like when a rapper comes up with a a bar like a lyric and he's like oh that's so good do you know what I mean there's like an excitement where you're like I can't wait to work this into a and for me it's the same sort of thing but just visually I'm just like oh it's there it's like and I have to it's almost like you know imagine like you've got you're, you're cradling water in your hands and you've got a carry it back to your desk and just like it's like dripping out and yeah. do you know what I mean you've got to just hold on to that like idea yeah otherwise you're going to lose it and, and when you yeah. say hold on to that idea so we're we're sat here having this conversation mm. and an idea comes to you do you is there a middle stage where you're like right I need to get a pen and paper right now and sketch it out or does it sort of stay in your head as the sort of punchline and how you want to get to it yeah, yeah. until you get to whatever apparatus you use. Yeah, normally it's like, it doesn't make an appearance till nearly everything you see is a first draft. Wow. There's no like, very, it's only on stuff. You think you'd be more successful if you did a second draft? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Much more. (laughs) Much more successful, much more refined. But like a lot of, because a lot of it though isn't, a lot of the reaction stuff isn't necessarily to do with like, artistic execution like obviously that's part of it you you want it to communicate stuff but a lot it's it's to do with the I, the idea at the end of the day the idea it's like your my comment on a situation that I'm trying to get across and I think that like it's when those those things need I just it's almost like I need to just get them out of my brain instantly and get them out into the world and then you just like l- let them go see what see what they go and do yeah, second drafts and stuff like a lot of you know commissions or working with brands. Yeah, there's like you know tons of rounds of feedback. It, it's a it's a lot different, but the reactive stuff is like it's like a it's like brain training. It's almost like you just it's an exercise in just uh, and like uh, you know I don't even a lot of stuff I don't even post with a caption anymore. There's it's I don't even write on Insta. I don't write um, <clears throat> this is what's going on or that whole uh, adage of like a picture saying a thousand words does ring true to some extent. Yeah. And having, uh, you know, an image where people can just kind of like, you've condensed down sometimes a, you know, a, a weighty topic or a 
something very niche. Like, I mean, uh, you know, some of the football references and stuff. Like, if you don't follow football, you're like, why are people? What is this guy drawing? Yeah. Like, it's men- mental. Like, but, but it's just because they're the things that I'm passionate yeah. about. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe a second draft would be good. But, <laughs> but uh, for me, it's like there's no time. I don't really. Uh, I quite like that chaotic way of just being like, oh, it's, it's the idea's there, and you just put it out, and then you just move on to something else. There's like that is that moment and it just lives uh, or dies in it and you know people hold on to it people are like oh this is my favourite one of yours or whatever but you've, you've already you've already you're, you're on something else or um, it just keeps you keeps the brain working and it, I sound like an old man but no do you know what I mean it's, it yeah I do I, I keeps you sharp keeps that, you sharp that, that notion of like being sharp about things and I think that <clears throat> It's obviously worked for you, right? Because mm. I think the the craft that goes in now, when I see at the top of feed, I see a new picture. Like I'm immediately, exactly to your point, where you say there's no captions anymore. I'm immediately trying to decode it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think because you, obviously you and I have had a couple of conversations in the past, I know that there's a second gag or there's a third point, and yeah, I have yeah. to look for them. <laughs> so there's almost like a there's almost like a like a, almost like a, sometimes I look at the piece and there's like almost like a Sudoku type effect of like mm. right I've seen the image and it's um a canary and Pep Guardiola. But actually there's a subtlety underneath of the shadow and of the movement. Like how can I get to the bit where I feel like I've mastered this image? So yeah, yeah. Um, it's super impressive. Right, we're gonna crack on with yeah. um some of the most important. Sure. Um one of the things that I acknowledge in all the podcasts is um I'm asking you these uh in the latter half of 2019 and if i was to ask you them all again in a month's time i'm probably going to get all different answers sure yeah so this is very much a snapshot in time and none of this you will be uh, held up against you in a court of law <laughs> that you gave uh, a different answer on a different day um but i want to start with um uh with possession uh ruben what's your most important possession so this actually probably is very uh pertinent to your point about it being 2019 because this probably won't be my most important possession as we go forward but it sounds materialistic and this is not a plug but my ipad pro at the moment is is amazing because i forever i you know pen and ink and um i was using a wacom tablet at home which had to be on my desk i've never had like a portable piece of software i've always like watched videos of producers and stuff like Pharrell and they'll be in like the back room of a gig just with their like little and they're making yeah yeah and I'm like oh, I'm so jealous of this and then this is the kind of first time I've ever felt close to that so I got an iPad and Procreate uh, which is an amazing app to, um, it costs like nine quid but honestly it's an it's really? a, yeah it's unbelievable how powerful and how good it is and um, I can be anywhere I can be like you know I mean um back of a uber going somewhere i can you know I, I can be a bit more social with my family like i can be downstairs with my, my girlfriend on the sofa and watching something and i can be drawing i just love it like you know i'm firing off emails with drawings in to people if i'm in a meeting and i'm trying to get my point across i don't need to describe it i can be like look i'm just gonna draw it and um yeah so not a shameless plug at all but it really has it, it always for someone who's been kind of drawing as long as I have or like creating work and stuff, when a piece of technology kind of impacts it, I feel it in a really, do you know what I mean? A really strong way. Um, And I don't have to like scan this in and then, do you know what I mean? Like it's just, (laughs) yeah, yeah, there's just, and obviously, you know, there are arguments for and against and there's like, oh, the craft and the art of, but anyway, for me at the moment, that is, um, 
That's my most important possession of 2019. It's been a game changer and I've been able to produce more work than I probably ever have. My question to that is, for someone who is reactive in their art to some extent mm. and then you know you, you would definitely have vision in other pieces where it's like i'm just drawing this for myself this is yeah yeah, yeah for sure is it then not in a position where you can never escape it because you can always pick up the ipad like how do you almost sort of regulate downtime i mean that's probably for a what, mind that's constantly working that's probably what my uh girlfriend's <laughs> biggest problem with it is she was like ah oh. So this is everywhere now. Like it's following us around. Like, do you know what I mean? It's there. And um, how bad is that addiction? Are you like a like you're out pretty, with mates on a Saturday? No, no, like, no, no, no. Out it's, of the bag. No, I mean, comes. I don't like we said. I don't, I don't go out anymore. This is <laughs> go out with mates. This guy. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. It's it's more. Um, uh, yeah, I, at the beginning, when I first got it, it was bad. Like it was really bad. I was like, it, it followed me everywhere. And now it's I've I've kind of I'm still allocating time and and yeah but it, it, you're right it, having that instant outlet and the way that everything works now the like how you can get something from like sketch to being online or to a client or yeah. so quickly that the temptation is always there to be like oh that'd be quite funny if I just do I could make a comment on this or do you know what I mean like yeah. anyway it's but yeah it's it's a very it's, it's an amazing bit of kit. Amazing. So I want to move on to the next one, which um, on my list, I've got uh, the most important place for you. So this is a really tough question because there's obviously like tons of places, but um, there's a, 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 I mean, I, I've been, I was born and raised in London and I love it. Like it's amazing, but it is hectic. It's so hectic and it feels like it's getting more and more hectic and, um, the time that I have away from London has become more and more like necessary to like recharge and stuff. <clears throat> and um, I've been going camping with my uh, girlfriend for, for a long, she, she's like really outdoorsy and she got me into this whole camping thing. She took me down to a place in Dorset and uh, it's called the Jurassic Coast. So you're, you're literally at, in the summer, don't go in the winter, but you know, so, and on its day, honestly, in the summer, it's like, it's so beautiful down there. And you've got, it's this mad piece of land where it's owned by the army. They don't go there. It's, they've got like training facilities yeah. or something, but basically it's shut for part of the year. Cause like, it's like, you've got guys shooting stuff yeah. and, but it's meant that the bit that where we camp is cause it's like MOD land and they open it up to you. No one can build anything on it. It's like untouched, so it's like nature's been allowed to go mad, and and it's this beautiful coastline where you camp in this uh, in this field. You walk up onto the coast, and you can like literally walk from like bay to beach to you can swim in the sea. You can do all this stuff. But there's you know as you as you go further down, there's a pub called the Square and Compass on the top of this hill, and it serves like unbelievably strong cider and pasties. And it's just like, uh, it's heaven. Like you get out of London, you're murdering a pasty with this like tall glass of cider. It's just amazing. And then there are all these like, you know, walks that you can get down to the, like down to the sea. And, you, and like I said, because of the kind of weird nature of it not being accessible all year round, you have this, um, there are certain like bays and stuff where you'll go there, you'll be the only people there. Mm. 
because it's kind of inaccessible and stuff and it's like it's really special and i love it honestly it's like i go there spend about five days down there and i come i come back like a completely new human like yeah feel refreshed from it i feel absolutely like completely recharged like ready to come back in but that pub is the jewel in the in the crown it's like yeah that the square and compass i I recommend and also like everyone's mad because they're all like drunk off cider and there's yeah they're all pirates and yeah yeah local people well no 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 definitely (laughs) it's definitely not a brexit holiday but um but yeah it's it's um it's wicked it's really good and it's a a lovely place to get out of the out of the city so yeah yeah. no which i think is is so important one of the uh the other things that i wanted to talk to you about was the most important decision i think the the reality Mm. is as, as life moves on is that you start understanding the decisions you made as yeah definitely positive and negative so um your most important decision so um i remember i basically like i, I have been sort of leading a creative life if you like forever since i love school. how uncomfortable you are with it. <laughs> it's wonderful uh, i spent two years in the u.s and i've never found an american that would struggle with it uh, it's such a uniquely yeah yeah british concern yeah yeah the vast majority uh, in fact probably all i'm guessing here of your income comes from your art uh, in terms of like your creative ability yeah 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 absolutely you yeah, are, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah no, no, for no, the sake no, of no, this conversation you are a hundred percent an artist and a creative <laughs> don't don't feel pangs about it because it's it's a uniquely british yeah. hang-up yeah um so yeah as as what you said as an artist as as the person that you mentioned um <laughs> i was like basically editing film of like models walking up and down a catwalk when i say mo- like it was like everyday stuff it wasn't like oh it's super high fashion but it was just kind of you know this is what this jacket looks like and it's shot from two angles and you can go on the website and you can play the video and you can be like oh yes so when someone goes to buy it yeah yeah, whatever anyway but i just found the that environment and that sort of um i don't know what it was maybe it was just the workplace but i got really disillusioned by like a create because that was my first like creative job creative in inverted commas job and i found it quite hard to not not the work itself but just sometimes the people's attitudes or it was just it felt a bit vacuous it felt I don't know I don't know what I don't know it just didn't I, I kind of got disillusioned quite quickly and I was like right I'm like done with this 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 all this uh kind of trying to make stuff for a living or whatever I'm gonna I'm gonna become a doctor like I just went completely left I was like wow the, the world doesn't need more you know uh, creative people like this they they just it just needs uh, this is how it's kind of my brain I, I, again I was young but it was like I need to be hands-on helpful or useful or so I like retook all my exams I you know like went for like medical school interviews and I got into Brighton medical school I moved down to Brighton and I was down there this is around like 2010 or something I'm in this like and just before so I'd done all this like access course and stuff I'd really like what I had to like, volunteer in hospitals for like months and you know it was mad it's mad the hoops that you have to jump through to do it yeah so that I'm in Brighton and the I got the acceptance letter there like you're gonna start yeah. you're gonna start medical school um and um so I'm in this flat and just before I had moved out there me and my friend Raf made being a dickhead's call <laughs> <laughs> Which might need some context for a link underneath because not everyone's going to know.
this song yeah. that went viral in the days when it wasn't like every video went but do you know yeah, there yeah. was there was a a kind of um it was like a hundred thousand hits like you, that's great but it was like when rootube used to have yeah. that ch- yeah. like the top five viral videos but were you on rootube yeah, was, <laughs> alex zane was like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> shout out rootube but yeah it blew up and then but as i said i was in brighton in a basement flat with no phone signal and no internet at the time because I just moved moved there. It was going off and I had no idea. So I was out there and I kind of stepped out to get some like milk or whatever. And like my phone like exploded in my hand basically because there was so much going on. I was like wrestling with this. I was like st- trying to study and it, and then in the end I was like I had to make the decision. It's like are you gonna are you gonna go to become a doctor? It was like the proper fork in the road. Yeah. Or are you gonna I was like, well, people like it. I was like, this is weird. This is like, like you know, all these opportunities. Hang on, hang on, I've got to stop you here. So you're in Brighton. You've got, you've got, after having worked hard for it, yeah, yeah, the ability yeah. to go to medical school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got one novelty record, and with the greatest respect to the record. No, no. We're going to talk about it in a minute. <laughs> you've, you've got, so you've got a novelty record in the charts. Well, yeah, you, like the, you're talking hun- hundred. Well, uh, you, yeah, you yeah. Have top one hundred. You have a novelty record in the public consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but Ruben, what's the follow-up to that? Like, you were like, I could be a doctor, or I could perhaps get a second <laughs> viral hit. Like, what? no, there was. Do you know, it was more the. It was more the. I was like, the offers were meant. To, we like we we got booked to like play Love Box. Like, all <laughs> we. Play- <laughs> Yes, honestly, honestly, you didn't play Love Box. Yeah, we did. You played yeah, Love yeah, Box. Yeah, yeah, played Love Box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your yeah. song was called "Being a Dickhead." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played. And you played Love. Played Box. Love Box with a full band, like a live band. It was nuts. Who the hell was on before you? Do you know what? I haven't got. A, I haven't got a clue. Like, <laughs> imagine I, being I the was... actor that got booked before <laughs> Ruben and his mate with "Being a Dickhead's Cool." Yeah, and Grand for Spectacular. What's the name of it? Yeah, yeah, that was... I've I've literally pulled that from nowhere. That's remarkable. We did as well. My relationship with the record, which is is too strong a word, is actually probably the opposite of everyone else's in that I heard the song having never seen the video. Mm. So I heard the song and thought it was absolutely remarkable. And to this day, I cannot tell you where I heard it. I was like, this record's (laughs) unbelievable. So I I bought a copy. Oh my, bless you. I've never met anyone who has. I bought a copy, which must have been on like... I've never met anyone. Like iTunes or something like that. In fact, it would have been iTunes. I bought it on iTunes. iTunes. And in those days, unaware of copyright, uh, I used to make an end of year CD. Oh, wow. So in that year, which was 2010? Yeah. Yeah, 2010. That song got distributed to a whole bunch of people that I went to uni with, that I worked with, that all got this record, which would have been filled with, 2010, would have been filled with, like, Adele and, like, a new Nas record. It would have been, like, the Nas N-Word album, like, all this stuff. And then at the end of it, it was just the Grand Spectacular. It was just this record. And I remember vividly my like, very close friend Duncan calling me and being like, thanks for the CD, loved all of it. Oh, my God, that being a dickhead <laughs> song absolutely is the best thing on it, um, which is, like, wild. And I've got such a sort of, like, memory of... Because we went to... Um, we drove around Namibia that year, and we had an iPod, because there was no radio. So we had an iPod in the back of the car, and it played, and there were two records that we played over and over again that we just howled laughing about. <laughs> Yours, and there was one by Nikki S and Nike oh. called Slags. What a song. And my God. <laughs> 
that record is unplayable. You yeah. cannot like you can't go back to that. There's no way you could play that in polite society now. Like they're probably the doing time yeah, yeah. for that record. <laughs> it said some things on that record that were completely unpalatable. Unlike yours, which you could play now, and with the exception of um Polaroid app on my iPhone. Mm, which is your Which is now Instagram. Yeah, yeah. With apart from that changing, like everything else, the hipsters are still the same. Yeah, Nothing's changed nothing's cha- in, yeah. in ten years. Which is why I think it's time sort for of a re-release. Well, I mean, <laughs> but that's it. That, I guess that's the funny thing because I've sort of n- not disassociated myself from it in that sense. I love it. It's just I check in on it sporadically. Do you know what I mean? It's not something that I'm like, hey, remember that song? Uh, <laughs> I never talk. I never talk about it in that way. But um, it's very sweet. A lot of people like yourself, they all have incredibly like vivid descriptions of where and when they heard it whilst we're talking about memories one of the other things that we love to talk about on this podcast is your most important memory so i this must have been when i was about uh, eight or nine we had some really good family friends a guy called uh, john kirkwood and uh, his his wife moira and john a uh, lovely man sadly uh, passed away quite recently but he uh, he was round at my parents' house, and I was drawing as I you know I normally do, did at the time. I was just drawing, drawing, and he um, he was like talking to me. He was like, "Oh, how much uh, to buy one of your pictures?" And I was like, "What? Like, what do you mean?" And he was like, "Yeah, I want to buy one of your drawings. This is like yeah. a very difficult concept to understand." And he was like, "Okay, I'll tell you what." I'm going to give you £40 for three of your drawings. And so, first of all, I'm kind of like, that's more money than I can even <laughs> picture in my head. Like, how many Beano's can I? <laughs> or I mean, whatever. Like, 40 Beano's, probably. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, instantly a baller. Like, this is mad. <laughs> he, he bought this some these pictures of me. That was the first time anyone ever paid me for something that I'd made so I was like that blew my mind I was kind of like wait hang on this came out of my head and you are buying it from me like a a like why this is it just completely blew my blew my mind I feel like it just sort of colored my entire um approach to to not not my approach not like oh yeah my goal is just to get money from what I do but it gave me a very early taste of being able to be like someone wants your work and they're willing to give you money for it yeah and that's like cra- that you know that was a, that's a crazy concept for someone that young and also it was more money than, than i'd ever you know i think it's i think it's hard for for any artist creative to talk about that that relationship with their artwork and money like i think it's a really yeah, hard thing it's to really do difficult because you think it's very it's almost sort of soul destroying to say mm. What do you do? I draw pictures. People give me money, mm. and my lifestyle hopefully gets better than my lifestyle was last year. Like it feels very madly transactional. Mm. But I think outside of that, there's something in the in the validation of something that I think is the true joy. Mm. Because actually, what he said to you in that is, I would like to offer you something which will allow you to do more drawing. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, with this forty pounds, you can go and buy better pencils or better paper. Yeah. Or as you get older, you can go. I don't have to take a Saturday job because actually I could sell a picture a month yeah, and yeah. make the same as I'm going to make yeah, in Top Man. Yeah, definitely. So I think there's something sort of 
amazingly like liberating about being good at something mm. being rewarded for it definitely and i think i mean that absolutely like you hit the nail on the head there and i think that that um the validation of someone like it was more the fact that almost the career aspect was maybe secondary to it but the idea that he wanted it enough that he would give me money to to own the piece of work that then is like still in their house now do you know what I mean? It's um, it's it's quite it's quite special. It's quite, um, and I guess it's just the way society is that that's money is the transaction for st- for stuff. Yeah. And um, uh, and it's always amazing. Like even now, I ne- I don't find it as like stunning when you're like you know if you're doing something for a big brand or whatever, it's a different kind of kettle of fish. But if you know someone has bought your artwork or a print or something and they're like and then you get a dm being like i never bought any i've never bought any art before Mm. i've had a few of those over like you know the years just people being like i've never never wanted to own a piece of art i've never bought a piece of art before this is the first piece of art you know i've got it framed and they send me a picture of it like framed on their wall and it's extraordinary that 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 is a a, a, an amazing thing like that's like in their house now that's in that's in their life you know in a life that i don't know like what, what, what's going on? I don't know them, but I know that there's a bit of my work in their life, which is, it's amazing. Like that's amazing. So I kind of, the money thing is, it's a complicated relationship, I guess. But the idea that someone is willing to pay you to have a thing that you've made is is quite a, you know, it's, and and it doesn't art's like a weird thing because it, you know, you could argue it brings joy or it makes you feel a certain way, but as a functional thing in their house it does it's not like it's not going to feed their kids it's not going to yeah. clean their bathroom it's not there's no, you know you can't do anything with it it's just there yeah so it's this mad that's a crazy thing we just bought a thing that essentially doesn't do anything <laughs> it brings joy no no but it does but yeah it's but this is it it does it brings joy and it, it's yeah. a kind of and I, I love i love that but it's quite a yeah it's still just it still kind of floors me a little bit the flip side of that is on some of your pieces and i'm thinking particularly of the jeremy corbyn dabbing piece hmm. that has jumped off the internet jumped yeah, yeah. off posters yeah. and people have tattooed it on their bodies <laughs> what was your reaction when you saw someone having uh, basically copied the design yeah. and tattooed one of your ideas one of your concepts of jeremy corbyn dabbing and had it tattooed on their leg yeah i think i mean it's now happened it's happened like maybe two or three times over the <laughs> course of the year and every All time jeremy corbyn. no 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 i had a, a guy who got dwe as the general as like his whole sleeve on his arm wow and I think D double like let him into the show free for having that, which was I think H- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, someone sent me one. A guy in Canada sent me one of uh, one of the Arsenal uh, illustrations I've done with that like, all the team on, on the cannon. And I was like, okay, so t- let's unpack that. It's like he's an Arsenal fan in Canada who likes this work enough to get it. I mean, the thought process is always like you've got this on your body for the rest of your life like what i mean that's mental it's crazy and every time it it's mind-blowing it's very flattering but it's also like you're all nuts like (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the the Jeremy Corbyn one as well because they was amazing because uh, they'd like remixed it a bit. They they've added they added like a rose and he was like dabbing and coming out of the rose and it was like. But the yeah, you're right. The that's the wondrous thing about putting stuff online is you never know. Once you let it go, you never know where it's going to end up. It might end up on someone's leg forever, or it might end up um, on a placard. Uh, you know, like um, people were sending me that the dabbing image, Jeremy dabbing. I remember last Glastonbury where he made a speech. People were sending me pictures of like huge banners that people had made, often repainted. You know, people's wellies that they'd like customized with that image on it, and it became its own. It had a life of its own, and um, I think that's the kind of exciting, fun alchemy of the internet and artwork. Where, again, you 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 have intentions for something when you're making it, like you know what you want to say and blah blah blah, but you don't know what it's going to do. You you don't draw something going, ah, oh, this is going to end up on someone's body mm. or on a banner at a political demonstration. Yeah. But it's just amazing, like the amount. Now the Gareth Southgate picture is yeah. is in his house. Yeah. When I did that in the summer, that was never gonna. That was never the intention. That was never like, oh yeah, it'd be amazing if Gareth. I was just like, this is how I feel. Yeah. I'm just expressing myself or whatever. <laughs> Not like that, but um. And again, I, that's that was a, a another first draft moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fully. I woke up literally. I did that in the mo- like. I, I woke up in the morning and I was like, of course, drew it. And then I went to work. Fast forward it, it, almost like a year to the day, and it's now hanging in the, the gaffer's house which is like you know it's this is what i mean about the journey of it you just don't know where these where it's all gonna go it's crazy so another thing that we uh talk about and we've just got a, we've got a couple left um sure. most important piece of advice you've ever received or you've ever given i think one of the things that i've learned it's kind of advice for maybe i don't know other creatives but certainly one that i had to learn myself was this notion of like not being overly precious with creative work. And it's kind of a really hard lesson to learn. Loads of people I know, uh, me included, you know, you're, you're making something, you love it. And you're like, this is the song that's going to go to number one. Or this is the, you have all these dreams for it. I guess it's like having a kid. You're like, oh, you're going to grow up and you're going to be famous or whatever. I don't know. Um, but it's like, you put, and you put it out and it just, it doesn't do anything it like dies or people are mean about it online and um or they're really like happy and they love it but you know um people i've i've seen people who you know they'll they'll hold on to a piece of like they got this song and they release it and then oh, i didn't bang that time so i'm going to remix it and add someone and then re-release it and it, but that thing of like not being precious just being like just like love it and care about it and put everything into it when you're making it but then when you're putting it out into the world you have no control over it and just letting it go letting it go wherever it needs to go and people say whatever they are gonna say you have no control over it and you just have to like just be like oh on to the next and always on to the next just like so even when even when you've done something that you're really happy with mm. just not even spending that time to like just holding on just let it go like and then move on and then move on and then move on and I feel like that that's a quite a cathartic, quite healthy way of having a relationship with the internet as well. Because, you know, you know, as well as I do, how it can be, uh, you know, it's it's, it, yeah, it's a tough place. And people will say 
so I can't remember who it was. Someone compared the internet to like the pub on a Friday night and everyone's a little bit drunk. Like they'll ha- they'll happily say stuff in that situation that they probably wouldn't say, mm. whether it's good or bad, but they'll either gush or they'll be like, that's rubbish. Or And actually, luckily, I've been in- incredibly lucky. People have been over- overwhelmingly like really positive and very supportive, which I, I it's not that I don't see or appreciate any of that stuff, but you just, I think it's important not to get caught up in the byproduct of what you're making. Mm. Just, just keep on making stuff. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I've got one question which uh, I haven't forewarned you on, because um, <laughs> I think it's important to, to always have a, one little bit of spontaneity. Yeah, of course. Um, and it's, in, this, in my opinion, is the hardest question I could ask anyone. Oh, God. Most important song for you? Oh, man. Can I just, wait, hang on. So, you know, uh, the the DJ Zinc song, the 138 track. So my my best mate, um, his older brother was, uh, this is when I was like a teenager at the time. And um, his older brother was a a pirate radio DJ on um, Function FM, RIP Function FM, I think it's gone. And we used to, we used to go and he used to let us watch his sets as he was playing them and it was like in this sort of room with like mattresses stuck to the walls for like soundproofing and stuff like that and um and he played 138 Trek at the time where I don't think there was anything that sounded anything like it's still such a banger when it comes on it's like you know it will shut shut things down still but back then there was it felt like I hadn't heard anything about it and it it kind of it's just tied into this whole like I just started going out and you're like in raves for the first time and you'd start hearing it out and like, I don't know, it's just really, it's linked to like a particular, very like formative years. That whole cult, like pirate radio culture as well, which was amazing when sort of like people just do nothing came out and all that stuff and you could just, I think a lot of people in London like instantly were just like, oh, I get it. Like this is, I, I was there for the, for that kind of, cultural thing the first time around and um yeah so for me that song is sort of a lot about growing up as a teenager in london it sort of soundtracked a lot of that for me so it's like and like quite a surreal like at the time we didn't think it was a surreal sort of thing this whole being on pirate radio and stuff and like and then yeah it was yeah it was mad like kind of all sorts of dodgy characters in there and all that stuff and you don't think anything of it when you're but now looking back i'm like oh that that was kind of mad but um yeah good Good times and a very good song. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Sunil. I want to thank Ruben so much for being part of this week's most important podcast. Thanks a lot for listening to today's show. Uh, remember to drop us a review, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, Most Important Pod. Uh, let us know who you'd love to be on future episodes, and we'll see if we can do it. Coming up on next week's show. The novelist behind Hold Back the Stars, the international bestseller, Katie Carr.